Welcome to Sober Company, a podcast about modern sobriety. My name is Lacey. My name's Nick. And we are very lucky to have a great guest with us today, uh, Alyssa from Best Day Ever. Welcome, Alyssa. Hey, guys. Hey, Lacey. Hi. Hi. Thank you for calling us from the sunny climes of uh, L.A. (laughs) Don't want to rub it in too much, but... It's yeah. pretty wonderful here. Thank you for having me. I, I love your podcast and what you guys are talking about. Yeah, we're. Um, I was lucky to meet you because a really good friend of mine is friends or knows your partner at Best Day Ever, right? And uh, yes. she was L- like, Lindsay Brown. Yeah, Lindsay Brown, right? Who has a very similar mm-hmm. name to me. Oh yeah. <laughs> So um, my friends, I think, sent me like an Instagram post of your, of Best Day Ever. And then was like, you know, I know these, I know Lindsay and you should connect. And Lindsay like immediately connected with me that day. It was like off to the races. So that's really awesome. Um, It's so cool how those things happen. Yeah. Yeah. Great. You know, like it's, it's nice to meet kindred spirits in the sobriety landscape. Yeah, for sure. Why don't you tell us about Best Day Ever? Yeah, a- absolutely. So, so speaking of my partner and co-founder Lindsay Brown, um, the two of us kind of serendipitously met two years ago, um, 2017, 2018 at a show in New York City called Founder Made, and we just immediately connected. She has experienced fa- family struggles with addiction growing up. She had an alcoholic mom. She has two brothers who are in recovery from heroin. And like, I immediately let her know that I was in recovery Mm -hmm. for alcohol and other substance use. Um, and we just kind of like started talking and we really wanted to get to the point of like, why are people suffering in silence? Um, what support is there for families? Um, cause obviously there's so much for the actual addict, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the families kind of suffer in silence. So we really wanted to surround those who are struggling with like wellness and create this inviting space. Um, and so we kind of like put our minds together and that's what sort of was the foundation of best day ever. Um, it was born out of the idea that individuals suffering from addiction and their families don't have to struggle alone. That's awesome. And you've, you've been putting on some events, right? With, um, yes. Yeah. (laughs) What do those look like? We would love to have you guys at our next event. Um, so yeah. we've, host, we've hosted a series of, of thought-provoking panel events uh-huh. with varying experts focused on helping our community better understand cope with the opioid, opioid and addiction uh, crisis. Uh-huh. Um, and then we, obviously, we're a nonprofit, so um, we, we're rolling out other events. Um, our goal is to create this weekly programming. We're going to scale that nationally, obviously now that I'm in LA, Mm -hmm. but we just want to create a safe space for people, whether you're a friend who's struggling, you have a family member, if you're in recovery yourself, even if you're just thinking about, um, you know, what's it like being sober, you can come to one of these events and be in this great inclusive community. That's great. That's cool. So did y'all have this idea beforehand or you just met at this event and started talking and it like organically came or did you go to this event and you were like, I want to do this and trying to find yeah. meet somebody. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely not. And you just meet people and then you're, that's how like, I think the best companies and ideas wow. are born from. You, you don't intend to go into it like doing that. But, um, I had been, you know, using my Instagram platform to talk about being sober and what it was like. 
And Lindsay kind of had an idea that she wanted to create something. So we kind of like put our minds together and it just sort of organically unfolded from there, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah it's similar totally to how sense. Nick and I connected as well. Yeah. 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 yeah is that... <laughs> Yeah, and, and look what you guys have built now. It's it's pretty remarkable. Just rule the world now. It's <laughs> from our comfortable perch. <laughs> uh, so why don't you tell us about your recovery journey? Kind of you know broad strokes of how you know what your active addiction looked like. You know what it was like for you growing up, and then you know how you got in you to where you are today. Yeah, that's it's a great question because you got to kind of dive into your story. Um, my recovery journey hasn't been the most conventional, um, in the sense that it's, it's like a person, like it, I feel like it, it changes mm-hmm. as, as I do, as I grow and develop. Mm-hmm. But, um, it really started when I was like little, I grew up uh, in New Jersey. I started realizing around the ages of seven or eight that my mom wasn't like other moms in the sense that I, when I came home off the school bus, I never knew what sort of situation I was walking into. Mm. Was my mom going to be sober? Was she going to be drunk? Was she going to be, you know, passed out? I mean, that really didn't happen until like I got a little bit older, but I realized that something was wrong at home and there were like secrets around it. Like no Mm. one really talked about it. And I knew that my mom couldn't drink normally. Yeah. When I started, you know, approaching my teenage years and, and went off to college, it, you know, alcoholism is progressive. Mm -hmm. It got worse. And, um, it was, it got really bad. Um, and it kind of created this unsafe environment. Like I I didn't want to go home. I Mm -hmm. I never knew it it created two versions of my mom, a sober mom and like an alcoholic mom. One, one mom who I loved, one mom who I absolutely like despised. Mm -hmm. Um, even though it wasn't her, it was her alcoholism essentially. But I, I knew that I just, I never wanted to live like that. I knew I never wanted to drink like that. But I did sort of know that like there might be a family component to it because um, I had an uncle who passed away um, from a heroin overdose when, God, he was, I was about eight, eight, seven or eight years old. So I knew that there was addiction in my family. Yeah. Yeah. But what it looked like for me was when I went away to college, my mom actually got sober Mm. um, and she found, you know, the 12 step rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous Mm -hmm. and I started in my addiction, my, um, you know, I started realizing that I wasn't drinking normally, but I wasn't drinking like my mom. So I didn't necessarily think I had a problem. Did you just start drinking when you went to college? Um, yeah, no, well, I, I started probably drinking in high school. Like we would drink before, like the Catholic school dances and things like that. Um, but you know, it was always like, ha 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 fun time. So I never really had an issue with it then. But um, where my story kind of progresses is when I found a drug called cocaine and oh, Adderall. Damn. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, Nick and, Nick and you. Oh, damn, too. <laughs> yeah, Nick and yeah. you have stuff in common yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, we, we like to be yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, I know what that's like. Yeah. 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 And um, for, you know, people listening who don't know what Adderall is, it's a stimulated, it's intended to combat attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Um, and that's usually only available by prescription from a doctor. But if you're like me, um, you are using it for other reasons, like getting high, talking, getting, being able to just 
be more talkative, get ahead and work. Um, I was using it as a weight loss method. Um, and I was getting it from a doctor, but I was lying to the doctor. Mm. So kind of progressed from there. Yeah, Nick lied to his doctor too. Well, that was later on, but I feel Did like you? when you well, when you go to college, it's just pervasive. Like somebody has like a prescription, and yeah. it's also like you're. It's great for studying. Really, I would I have mean, been like, so into it. Yeah, it's. I'm lucky that it didn't cross my path at all. Like, really, it, it, it must didn't. have been there. At and I went to art school. school. Like, no, I, what? art school. Maybe it's not like. Maybe no. it's not great for art. Oh, it would have been. It would have been great. Oh, no, actually, Because I had yeah. to stay up all night all the time. Well, all right. You dodged the bullet. Yeah. I did, because I would have been really right into it. <laughs> oh, oh well. it's funny. I used, I used to stay up for hours, um, you know, but now it, it really does stunt creativity. It stunts your relationships. Yeah. But, um, you know, when I graduated, I... I went to school in DC. Then I graduated. I immediately got a job in New York um, at, as a magazine assistant. Um, and then I was off to the races because I was like, "Ooh, well, everyone else is doing Adderall. Everyone else yeah. is going out for happy hours." So yeah. it's kind of created this unstable environment out of the gate. Oh, for sure. Like I felt the same way because my job was really high pressure. And then it's like you go out drinking afterwards, and you're hung <laughs> yep. over the next day. And then you're like, "Well, I can take this thing." And actually, like, function at my job. Makes you feel better the next day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. It makes you feel totally better. See, I yeah. use that as well. <laughs> it's not a commercial for Adderall. No. <laughs> no, no. We're only um, talking about the good times, but the, yeah. there are many <laughs> bad times. Well, but, yeah. I assume you get hooked to those abilities and you can't function with start not being able to function without it. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and to your point, it's, you know, it's good until it's not good. And then it's it's fun. Then it's fun with problems. And then it's just problems. And, yeah, and that's what happened to me. I probably hit a, I hit a wall at the age of 25, 26. I was on the verge of losing my job. I was, I essentially burned every friendship and relationship down on the ground. It, it was a high bottom, you know, what you hear from people in recovery. I, I didn't, I didn't get a DUI. I, I didn't lose anything significant, but it was enough for me to look in the mirror and be like, you're going to be dead by the time you're 30 if you don't cut the shit. Yeah. Did yeah. you think, do you think you were more aware of what was happening to you because of your experience with your mother? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I accompanied her to, to some of her meetings and I was like, I knew that I was meant to be there, but I just knew that I couldn't stop drinking at such a young age. Yeah. I, I thought I was never going to have like fun again, or if that makes sense. Well, how yeah, do you totally mind makes if, sense, yeah. how old are you now? You don't I'm, I'm, tw yeah, I'm, I'm 29 years old. Okay. And when, so when, it's quite a journey. Yeah. No. And when did you have your last whatever, or when do you consider your sobriety date? So my sobriety date is the last mood altering substance I ever had, which for me was actually a, a glass of wine. I think it was mm -hmm. very uneventful. Um, that was two and a half years ago. Okay, yeah. cool. So I, I think you, you stopped pretty young in my opinion. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 I mean, we're, we're all young people, but, um, you know, I'm glad that we got this early cause you know, it can ruin your life. Yeah. It's, it's pretty gnarly. But I, I totally like relate with that feeling of being like, what am I supposed to do now for fun? Mm -hmm. Oh, because your entire 100%. social life was like, I remember having that conversation with my therapist being like, what am I supposed to do on the weekends? 
Like, yeah. I don't know. And he just looked at me like I was an insane person kind of being like, dude, there's so much to do in life, you know? Right. But your world right. gets really small and that's what your friends are doing. That's what everyone's doing. And it, it seems really hard to think beyond that. No, it just feels like you're going to be like a nun in a convent or something yeah. and just a bummer. <laughs> I was like, am I not going to be able to drink champagne at my wedding? Right. I thought the I think same you said that. thing. <laughs> you did? I know, Lacey, you said that. And it, I really resonated with that. Yeah. And I think like now. Have Martinelli's. I know. Yay, Martinelli's. <laughs> I'm going to make everyone fucking drink Martinelli's at my wet champagne toast. <laughs> but um, and did your, when you were kind of in your peak active time, did you... Were you able to hide it well? Like, were you aware of your family members kind of having an understanding of addiction and, and watching you? You know, were you able to kind of play it off? Or I just want like that dynamics between yeah. your family yeah. and sobriety and you yeah. and active addiction. And- right. Because the difference between my mom in active addiction and me in active addiction, like everyone was affected by my mom's drinking. It really was like this... Um, you know, this like rock in a shit in a proverbial shoe, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like mm-hmm. mom's, mom's drinking affected everyone's, but my addiction affected no one. Mm. I'm a single girl. I'm living in New York. Um, I'm back in my bullshit. Nobody knows what's going on, <laughs> but they, they knew, they knew what was up. Um, you know, I, my mom would come over, she'd see all the pill bottles. She wouldn't be able to look me in the eye or mm. I, I wouldn't be able to look her in the eye. Mm. She knew. And I think she, well, she would like ask me to accompany her to her meetings and things like that, which I would right. like hi. Right. She, oh. um, I had to get it on my own. I had to hit my own bottom. Of course. Yeah. Did she ever talk to you at some point? Like we have this in the family, that kind of thing. You, as you know, very well, so we have this in the family. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. You know, she, she would say all the time, like, my mom's one of seven, it's a big mm. Irish Polish family. And I'd say, I'm not going to say it, but you yeah. know, maybe, maybe half of them can't drink normally. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. But she's one of the ones that found recovery. So it's absolutely yeah. um, a, a family disease. I think, I think it's genetic. Mm-hmm. I, would just, I just can't handle substances normally. Yeah. I know it's, I know it's not genetic for everybody, but I know it's genetic for yeah. me, for me as well. Yeah. 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 So I definitely got the talk at a young age of you're going to be this and you can expect that. And, you know, and, and I think it helped me eventually, you know, I think it did help me stop sooner to a certain degree, but yeah, I guess it's just awareness of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. At certain times were you like drinking as like a response, like, Oh, like I'll show them, like I can drink normally. <laughs> do you know what Probably, I mean? but it was, it was yeah. really hard to do that. I just I yeah. kept wanting to drink more and more, but, <laughs> and I would do this thing where I would leave like half a glass of wine and like white knuckle it through leaving half a glass of wine just to prove to everyone that I could. Yeah. Oh, wow. That takes strong. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> what did your um recovery look like then like go back to that time where you had your last glass of wine did you also go to the rooms of aa or what was it that that you found helpful yeah 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 yeah. well that's a great um i'm trying to just like think right now so okay so my obviously i'm two and a half years sober my last drink was 
was probably a year after I found myself in a treatment. I was 26 years old. Mm. Um, I had hit rock bottom. I was about to lose my job. I was at a very high powered, uh, magazine, um, on the East coast. And I just woke up in the morning one day and I was like, I'm going to die. And so I, you know, my, my parents knew that my health was declining, but I don't think they thought it was that bad because, you know, they're, they're an hour away in New Jersey. They don't know what's going on. So I let them know. I'm like, Hey, look, I need help. I can't survive without drinking in the morning, taking other substances. So I got sent away. Mm -hmm. I went to rehab, you know, and some people need treatment. Some people don't, but Mm -hmm. for me, it was crucial to kind of detox. And so that was out in California it was, I'll mention this, it was a non-12 step um, oh. rehab. It was a holistic, just because I, at that point, I was like, you know what? What worked for mom isn't going to work for me. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Which, which rehab is it? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> oh my God. Um, it was, it was Passages Malibu, oh. which I'm not, I'm not like advocating for them or anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, I didn't look, know that they weren't like 12 step. step I would have assumed they, they were because they're huge. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 No, common misconception. Um, they are not. But, you know, I, I took took what I wanted. I left. Um, they're, they're holistic recovery. So um, I think they they had like one 12 step meeting a week. But they're, you know, they they actually taught they teach the Sinclair method, like all these different things. And it's kind of like the Wild West, but um, look. What is you, that? You, what is a Sinclair method? Oh, the Sinclair method. Oh my gosh! So it's basically it uses like pharmaceutical like intervention to help you like manage your drinking. So ha- have you heard of a oh. substance called naltrexone? naltrexone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so basically, when you take take this. Uh, prior to drinking it like blocks endorphins so like the brain naturally makes opiates and when you drink alcohol i guess you know your brain releases those opiates and endorphins Mm -hmm. so basically when you're on this medicine you just don't get a buzz from it right right and it helps a lot of people to to wean off alcohol oh for sure i could see that used it yeah i did use it yeah you use it yeah what did you did you did it work for you yeah, I mean, it definitely worked. Like, I it when you're drinking, it's just kind of like this is Man. lame. Yeah, this is lame. <laughs> yeah. Like, why am I doing yeah. this? You know. And then I, yeah. I'm the just type of person who would like try and break something. So it didn't really work for me because like I was just like I'm just gonna keep drinking until this actually like you know. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You know. So for me, I was in. I I dabbled in it because I'm also mm-hmm. like I wanted to try out lots of different methods. But I can definitely yeah. see how used properly, it would definitely help. Yeah, it kind of yeah. like yeah. gives you the space between the action, which is just in putting this thing in your body constantly, yeah, and then what it does for what it yeah, supposedly I, does for you. Yeah, because I can kind of see it now. It just removes the pleasure of it. You know, gives you some so objectivity. You can, yeah, so you can see it for what it is. Exactly, objectivity. Right, right, and then you you don't want to continue to drink, but um, yeah. it, it worked for a little bit, and then it stopped working for me. So mm. I'm like, all right, back to the drawing board. Okay. All right. So they, so you were, you were at rehab and they basically sent you away with a script for that. And then a script, a script with that. Um, I was, I got the Adderall out of my system, but I, I wasn't working a program and Mm -hmm. whether that's non 12 step, 12 step, like going to therapy, 
I think you, it's crucial. You need something in place for your recovery. Yeah. You know, not everybody's a, a cook, cookie cutter, one size fits all, but yeah. I had nothing. So, um, I obviously I drank again and it, it progressed and it got really bad. And so I, um, I did, did seek, um, help of a therapist and the 12 step rooms and I've been sober ever since. Oh, that's awesome. amazing. Yeah, that's Congrats. great. Thank that's you. Great. Thanks. Thanks. Was it, so you were in New York when you were doing <sighs> Yeah. So, so I went to, I did my brief stint in rehab. Then I came back to the East coast. Um, and what was hard for me was I immediately, not hard, but I immediately resumed normal life. So right, I was right. working my, my media sales job. I was, you know, back in my apartment with my roommate who was drinking all the time, you know, I'm, I'm, I have friends who are young, they can drink normally, but I can't. Yeah. So, you know, back to like client entertaining events, going out and being like, Oh, well, I, you know, I can, I can drink now. Um, so it, I think in that industry that I was working in too, it wasn't the most conducive to my recovery. Cause um, you know, there was this expectation that I had to be going out with clients and bringing in revenue and, um, you know, I've, I've learned now through being sober, like you can do that. You just don't have to drink. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, I work in a similar industry and, uh, I also actually uh-huh. moved from California to New York and like, oh, the, you did? yeah. And the work scene in New York is just a different beast, you know? And so I also had those similar thoughts of like, you know what? I'm new here. I need to like show my worth. I'm going to go out. I'm going to do these things. And it's just like, like you, I can't drink normally. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so there were some very, there were some repercussions that were having that I was, that was happening because of that. Wow. And it was wow. just that thing of yeah. like, you know, I have to like reprioritize my life. Like, why am I putting this work thing above myself and my own health, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 I'm really glad you said that because it's like without my, my health and my sobriety, like I'm going to lose my job. Um, so it's, yeah, you gotta, gotta put that first. Um, that's really interesting though. Um, yeah, I think New York, not to say like New York or LA one is easier to get sober than the other, but the, the, culture around like work and the happy hours and the drinking it's just like accessible at all times and it it's definitely they go a lot harder than they do in LA yeah for sure I was in San Francisco but it's also like I don't know this is a California thing it's like yeah there's this thing of people like want to go hiking and do other things I think in New York people just embrace this kind of miserableness to a certain degree (laughs) like this is how we're supposed to be yeah and there's a kind of um there's a, the, the sarcasm that's kind of inherent in a way to everybody's kind of, it's, it's a defense mechanism, right? But it's also, it's like protective, like, and if you're, you're seen as too Pollyanna or too hopeful mm. or too optimistic or too healthy, <laughs> really, yeah. it's kind of like, like lame. what's wrong with it? Yeah, it's lame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think in California that's embraced more. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's everyone's either on a cleanse. Everyone's yeah. doing dry January. Like it is. Yeah. Y- you don't need to say I'm sober. Like most people don't drink. That's amazing. Wow. It's like Shangri Latas. <laughs> I do think the culture in New yeah. York is changing, though. There's so is many it? people doing that's, dry January right now. That's true. That's I think good it's to true. hear. Yeah. 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 I I still think you know I'm not. I, I, I've worked in publishing for a long time and it, and mm-hmm. where that's I use another industry. It's that's a big, huge drinking, yes, yeah. big yeah. drinking industry. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm removed from it to a certain degree because of where I work now, but 
I think it's just being part of the cool kids club in a way of just being accepted and going to those happy hours is like a feeling of being in and being popular and being able to talk to people you might not be able to talk to in the office and therefore getting into different meetings yeah. because of that and things like that. But but I totally like could flip that because I still go out to these events and now that you have stuff like seed lip and you have like these non-alcoholic yes. things, people actually like come up to me and they're like, dude, Nick, they have seed lip here. They have these mocktails <laughs> and they're like, want to try my stuff, you know? That's cool. And Nick's totally outed himself at work. So yeah, everyone. Oh, you, you, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> well, I yeah, actually, so it's like, it's good because yeah. people are supportive. Are they? It, oh, yeah. That's so great to hear. Yeah. Have you I, um, played with that at all at work? You know, I was I was sort of like accidentally out it. Not accidentally out it. I, I don't care one way or the other. But yeah. um, I, uh, at a certain company, I had a, a my direct boss, you know, actually bring up the fact that I wasn't drinking at any of these happy hours <laughs> or client entertaining events. And he, he flat out asked me, he's like, he's like, why don't you drink? Oh, no, wow, that's like so that, rude. Yeah. That feels like, like an well, HR violation. <laughs> I think it is. I don't know. It might be. And I, but you know, I just said, you know, I'm actually, I'm sober. I'm in recovery and good for you. he, he yeah. was, they're totally fine with it. But, um, yeah, for all, all bosses out there, don't, don't ask your employees if they're sober, if they don't, why they don't drink. <laughs> I mean, it could be for so many reasons. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, not a lot of people are comfortable talking about being in recovery. Nick and I happen well, to be, yeah. but like, no, but this is very yeah. recent. Yeah, like, that's also I think like I in the had last. to since the podcast is out there. That's true, and like, right? You know, but I don't know if I would have actually done. I, for the longest time, I told people I didn't drink because I was Buddhist and I had to meditate in the morning. Oh, oh wow! Which yeah. is true and not true. That is true, but it's not the whole truth. <laughs> right, yeah. right. But it, it's almost nice to be like I don't I to use the term out, but yeah, it's, yeah, because it's like. This is who you are, and for sure. and people. I think people respect it more, and you're definitely making me better at my job. Yeah, for sure. And I think you know. I know Nick and I have talked about this, but there's this feeling. It feels much better to not have to separate your lives. Like I know, you know, with best day ever and everything you're trying to work on, that's extremely important to you. And to have to separate that out from the rest of your life just feels really insincere. And I don't know, I know for me, when I kind of have combined the two, it's just made my everyday that much better, you know, to be able to talk about it openly and, you know. No, it's truly amazing. And, And then like, to your point, you when you have those separated it's almost like you're uh, you're lying or you're hiding yeah. something or you're living this double life but yeah. like when everything's out in the open you don't need to have a, a good memory when you tell the truth yeah that's true very <laughs> that's good <laughs> yeah. um, that. that should be one of the quotes I, I think, yeah. oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for it's funny i think because uh nick and i don't regularly attend 12 step we 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 yeah. uh, don't have the benefit. Which I want to talk to you about. Yes. Have all, I used to. I, I mean, I, I dally. Year, yeah, I, for I, like probably two or three years I was going to 12-step. But my point was that we don't anymore. have these quotes on the. I'm not saying that you picked that up from a 12-step. That could have originated <laughs> from your brain, but. I, I don't picked, think that's I a 12-step thing. Is I it? picked it up from my mom who uh, probably picked it up from a 12-step. No, it just <laughs> sounds like it has that it kind does. of. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the 12-step yeah. slogans are amazing, yes. right? Oh, they're awesome. I heard, <laughs> yeah. well, I heard one the other day was. Um, it's so funny. Oh, poor me turns into poor me another. another. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've heard that one before. Yeah. yeah uh, so I, there's there's so many. Yeah, yeah. I want to make like a wall of them, just like some kind of you know, <laughs> put them all in one like place, a collage, like yeah. a collage. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's actually it's interest. It's funny that like we're talking about this because as I, I love AA, I credit it with saving my mom's life, so many of my friends' life, and even I like ten, twelve set meetings. Mm-hmm. The reason why Lindsay and I sought to create something else for be- like best day ever, um, you know, it's it, it's so oftentimes associated with like dark, dirty church basements or um, you know this this certain connotation. So yeah. we wanted to create a platform for people who you know maybe they don't go to twelve step meetings or maybe they do and they just want to incorporate this into their life. So yeah, it's it's creating it's it's kind of making it more mainstream, right? Kind of using the aesthetics and the understanding and the language of a more kind of open mainstream community with something that's, you know, been traditionally anonymous. Yeah. And I think it's just a change in the culture. It's a change with our generation that people don't want to be secret about this anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think they don't. Yeah. yeah, I think something that's great about the millennial generation or whatever (laughs) is that, anything that makes you different is celebrated as opposed to something you have to stay quiet about. Yeah. I think that's a wonderful thing that's come out of. For sure. Cause I think in the past there was this feeling of like conformity and you needed to be like the mainstream, mm-hmm. whatever. And now yeah. it's like, that's the lamest thing ever. Right. You know? Yeah. So anything that kind of separates you from the crowd in a way yeah, can be used sure. to your benefit. Yeah. So and sobriety there's can never be one of been, those. Yeah. There's never been a cooler time to be sober, as me and my friends say. Yeah, it's, it's true. true. It's true. It's true. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what are some of the events that you guys have done in the past with Best Day Ever? Yeah. Um, so we had our – I'd say we liked, we put on an event once a quarter, um, but we're in due time going to be rolling out weekly events. Um, our launch event – was at um at Mara Hoffman, which is this mm-hmm. really fun, cool fashion brand. Um I love and that's Mara like Hoffman. what we you love Mara Hoffman. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, know, you know Mara Hoffman. You're so yeah. cool. <laughs> Lacey is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so we um we brought in a, a series of panelists, um one being um a, a doctor who was a substance use doctor, um Nadia Bowers, who is a writer and actress. She wrote mm-hmm. a piece called Dear Dealer, that was featured in Time Magazine. She basically writes a letter to the drug dealer mm. who gave her sister her last bag of heroin, which she ultimately overdosed and died from. Oh, wow. Uh, Lindsay's brother was on the panel. He's over four years um, recovered from heroin. Mm-hmm. So we kind of just wanted to have this inspiring discussion how how it impacts families, it impacts our brains. We had the specialized doctor there. So it was really cool. And then we had like cool brands there. So Healthy Kombucha, um, Dirty Lemon, um, Alma, which which is sort of like, I like to say the Soho house for doctors. Um, so it's oh. like this really cool, inspiring, these brands who are, who are lining with, you know, dark topics like heroin, addiction, death and dying. Yeah. And it was beautiful. That's great. That's so awesome. That sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we like got connected. I mean, I want to I go to the, well, you the guys are doing one. more events, so I'll You'll come to the next, next event. event. Yeah, um, we we hosted another event with in collaboration with Lululemon, and it's awesome that these brands are realizing it's 2020 and people are suffering from these problems because 
I'd, I'd say if it was five years ago, they'd hear what we were about and they'd be like, absolutely I know. not. They don't want to. Yeah. yeah. It's no. traumatic. It's a traumatic change. It is. Yeah. So Lululemon was kind enough to host us at their Soho location. Um, and we entitled the panel event series called Coming Home. Um, what it's like when somebody goes away to rehab, how they come home. Because the family is such an integral part of this process. They're in an essential catastrophic freefall right. because their loved one goes away one way and comes back a completely changed person. But the mm-hmm. family doesn't change. Right. So um, we we had Judith Grizel, who she um, she's an international rec- recognized behavioral neuroscientist. She wrote a book called um, Never Enough. Um, we had... Um, a yoga teacher named Sarah Strimmel who led a meditation. Her brother is also in recovery, um, you know, and then we had a licensed um, psychotherapist. And then we had somebody who's been over so, so sober for over 11 years, mm-hmm. who's gone away to rehab and can kind of speak to it from the addict's perspective. Mm-hmm. So we try to get the perspective from everyone, whether it's a family member, an addict, and then um, a specialist in their field, um, which brings the scientific perspective mm-hmm. and it was a really beautiful event that's wonderful that yeah, sounds, sounds like amazing great. Yeah. yeah i can't wait to go to the next one I know. <laughs> so you guys are bi-coastal now you're going to be doing events in la and or yeah and Lindsay's still in new york right Lindsay's in new york right, she's cool. about she's about to have a baby wow. um but we're still going to be hosting all all events in new york and then now i'm i'm tasked with launching in, in la which has been really cool because la is all about it that's i'm awesome. sure yeah yeah <laughs> So. We still want to talk about dating, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was trying to mouth that. That's yeah. you. <laughs> My favorite podcasts yeah, should... are, are your, your podcast about dating. Oh, really? <laughs> so right, are the, yes, yeah. I love it. They are the most popular podcasts. Are they? Yeah. The numbers tell us. Yeah. <laughs> they have the highest analytics. That's yeah. so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just so... Well, first of all, I think people who aren't sober are like, how the fuck can you do that? That's insane. And then the people who are in sobriety are kind of like, want somebody to talk about what they're experiencing. Yeah. So. Right. Right. They're like, tell me, how did you do this thing? Yeah. <laughs> yes. But good call. Good trans. I mean, that was a transition, I suppose. It, it's, it's really like interesting. Like, can I ask you guys when you first got sober, did you, did you like, not date for a while like how how long did you take yeah my or zero days too much well (laughs) i I guess when i was doing it i was doing i was going through aa and my sponsor was very adamant on me not dating the first year i think it was sort of like a rule of doing that i didn't i followed his advice for a little bit but then i ended up dating and for me like relapsing and dating that was really, really tied together. So I wish I actually took his advice and kind of had like a full year of not dating, but I kind of started dating probably like, I don't know, six to seven months into it. Yeah. And I, I replaced that's still a fair amount of time. Yeah. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not I bad. I tried it, but then I relapsed like, do I, I don't know. Yeah. It's been but you like, needed mm-hmm. to experience that in order to. I did to... need to experience You did. Yeah. 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 For sure. That's my journey. That's your journey. Yeah. That's your journey. Yeah, and I I replaced drinking with dating basically. So, yeah. Which you I hear that a lot and yeah. I'm I'm guilty of of doing that. So, yeah. Um did you is it something that you kind of like realized immediately or did you like take no. a step back from? <laughs> no, I did yeah. eventually. I I think it probably took about a year and then I was like, "Oh, I'm dating people who are like way not 
the right people for me and not in my league. And I just, I hadn't, I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable with the identity of being someone in recovery yet. And so as soon as I kind of embrace that and I'm proud of that, I can make better choices about who I date, you know, because before I was, I was apologetic about it. And now I'm like, that was a big deal for me uh, because I wouldn't tell people I was in recovery or had a problem, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you, Alyssa, how do you tell people? You know, Lacey, see, it's sort of the same thing. Like I, I have like a lot of, I had a lot of shame around being sober and like almost like it was a scarlet letter on my sweater. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't date for, for quite a while after. I mean, even like they, they, obviously Nick, like they, I had a sponsor who said the same thing. They were like, I recommend you don't date for a year. And I was like, yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's really like, hard too. Like when you go to it AA too, hard. cause there's like hot people in AA too. Yeah. And you're like all oh, around and you can't like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so incestuous. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a horse and pony show yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, um, oh yeah, I did the whole thing. Like I dated somebody when I was newly sober, but no. And then I realized like, look, I got to get what's under the surface, like what's going on. Cause not only did I have a problem with substances, like I, I wasn't capable of like having normal romantic relationships. I, I sought out people just like me or people who were like unemotionally unavailable. So, um, yeah, but I'd say now like two and a half years in, I, for the past six months, I, you know, I actively date and I'm just like, I'm so honest about it. And it's, it's mixed because you're, you know, some, you'll find some people who are totally fine. And then some people who are like, they look at you like you have 10 heads and they're like, how, how do you ever like, you're never going to have a drink again. And you know, you get all those questions. It's good practice to have to answer those questions. Did you, so do you, are you online dating or what's your method? Uh, I, yeah, I, I, so I, I do the apps. Um, right. my favorite app is hinge. Oh, yeah, <laughs> That's what too. Nick uses too. You, oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, nice. yeah do you so. like it? Yeah. That's the only app that I use right now. Um, and Same. yeah, mm-hmm. I, I like it because there's enough info on there that you can put multiple pictures and you can write multiple things on there. And I'm yeah. able to write in, in the description that I don't drink alcohol. Do you do that, Alyssa? Do you put it like in one of those prompts somehow? Or do you, you just... You know, I, I put, the, um, you know, I choose the option that right. I don't drink. The toggle. And then always, yeah. right, the, like always before the date, because a lot of times people won't read that. And they'll be like, let's oh, yeah. get drinks. <laughs> be like, Nobody reads that shit. No. <laughs> Nobody reads that. Well, even when I'm so, explicit yeah. about not drinking alcohol, people still say like, hey, want to go drive, grab a drink? No, really? Oh, yeah, it happens to sure. me too. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, people, you come on, get better with attention and detail. People are like, no, but I get it. You're on the app. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. You're so I don't know if LA dating is same as like New York dating, but there's people that are just like constantly dating. Like they have dates like you know seven days a week. I think it's addictive. It's exhausting. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> right? it's, it's distracting. It's a distraction. You so know. it's like, I can't keep these people who don't drink alcohol and people who drink alcohol together. You're mm. sending out the same message to everybody. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. What like, that's what they're you know? doing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's true. <laughs> I think in, I think in New York too, just like with drinking, there's like a, a bigger dating culture. Logistically, it's harder to like go on a date and, and plan it in LA just because everything, like you have to drive everywhere. So mm. like if I actually end up meeting up with someone, it was like thought out, planned, like uh, we actually executed, nobody flaked. So oh. I think, like, I the people I would meet up with in New York, I would meet up with more dates. Where here, it's like less 
but um, better. I don't know. Sounds like me, quali- me, quality. Maybe. 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 Well, so does, but. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And how do you sense. think? So, but here you were like, you know, I think I think that also it's hard to because in New York you you didn't have as much sober time as you do now, so it's like. You know, your experience with sober dating is going to inherently be different than, you know what I mean? So to, to oh, compare yeah. New York versus L.A., but there's also that oh, other sure. layer of how much sober time you have and who you are changes so dramatically year by year when you're sober, yeah. when you're getting sober. Well, so. What do you do on a date in L.A.? That's a good question. Um, yeah, sober <laughs> so, dating, sober dating in L.A. So, sober dating. So I've gone on I've gone on hikes. Hiking is a That's good one. Cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. For a first date? Really, for a first date, which is kind of scary. I was going to say, like, well, they could murder you. If oh, you let's go to not a ba- go there. Really? <laughs> this is what women think about, Nick. Yeah. Never, Melissa, do you think like, about that? I mean, I, I do a lot of background beforehand, but you, yeah. you never know. you got to go to a place like Runyon okay. or something. Okay, point taken. There's, point taken. There are other people and you're not in the middle of nowhere. Yes, yes. Yeah. But hi- hiking is a good first date because you can talk, you kind of get to know the person. If they say yes to hiking, it means they're they're active or they enjoy it. So. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I actually went on a hike when I was in L.A. last time to Runyon Canyon. That's what she was just saying. Oh, you did? Shit, oh. that place is amazing. Oh, it's it's such good people watching. Yeah. That's, that's like date central. It's- oh, yeah. I feel like I would go there. I actually went with my ex, but like I would like that seems like a good date. Oh, it's a it's a fabulous date, or yeah. it could be absolutely horrible because if you immediately know this person's not, then you're, you're stuck an hour and that. a half <laughs> up a mountain. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh man, it's the worst. <laughs> no, um, it's it's great though. I don't know. I've gone bowling. I, I look if they drink. I I say like I'll I'll meet you for drinks. I, just FYI, like I'm gonna be getting a mocktail. So it's, oh, yeah. so you do do that. I do, yeah. I, yeah, I do that you as do, well. You guys do that. Yeah. yeah, I do that now. I think like early in my recovery, I couldn't do that because it was just, yeah. I wasn't like secret about my recovery, first of all. And then it's just like, you know, too risky. But now I'm open about it and I have some time. It's easier to do that. So, yeah. And I actually yeah. like going to bars sometimes because there's just like the ambiance of it is something that like it's sort of like it's intimate intimate yeah it's intimate yeah the last few dates i've been on so in my profile i use okay cupid and i'm very upfront about my sobriety and i actually yeah. place my sobriety information in a place where like your eye naturally lands when it, the page loads <laughs> that's really smart just so that wow. it's like the first thing you can see yeah and so really I, thought yeah about this interaction design <laughs> yeah i think about how men th- th- look at things that's what i think about <laughs> So that's really, really smart though um, yeah. but it says like I'm sober and I love that about myself so the people that are actually going on dates with me have to be very okay with but you it you still said you sent me a guy who said you no but like, that's those are things yeah some guy sent me something recently it was like Merlet, Merlot or Chardonnay or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was like that's your opener dude I know wow. so see my Weak. thing doesn't even work when yeah. yeah, I think it's right. just um, there's people that send you just messages. I didn't connect. I didn't yeah. um, match with them. Yeah, they just started like trying to get my attention by yeah. sending oh, right, versus any, oh, anybody can message you on OkCupid, right? Yeah, I think so. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Alyssa, do you? Ha- we've kind of talked about this in the past before, but do you have a preference if the person drinks or is sober? that you're looking for in a partner? You know, I used to actually say that I wanted 
like someone who is quote unquote normal because like who's actually normal but right. M- right. normal meaning like I don't want like I want them to drink but I don't discriminate like I, I went on a date with a guy a few weeks ago he was like 12 years sober the one thing I don't like to do like I won't ever meet someone in AA just because I've done that in very early recovery and you don't like shit where you eat it just ends badly for all parties you yeah. know yeah. But I, I look, somebody who is okay with me being sober, the most recent quote unquote relationship I was in, it, he, we dated for about three months. He wasn't sober. And um, he kind of had a problem with the fact that I went to AA meetings. Like, t- I'll give you an example. Like, he, he said, you know, in front of my friends and family, can you not say you're in AA? Oh, um, I think people who wow. are in AA are crazy, oh, you know? So I, that was like the red flag that I needed to be like, I'm out, you yeah. know? Yeah. That's but not supportive of your recovery at <laughs> no. all. No, yeah. no. That's too bad. But yeah. So at the end of the day, just somebody who's totally down with me not drinking. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess like, how about, yeah, it how take, about you guys? Yeah. I was going to say it takes like, I'm a similar way. Like I don't discriminate, but like you, it, you have to have somebody who respects you and like your decisions. <laughs> Yeah. like I've been with like some people think it's really cool that I'm sober. Like they think it's like, oh, that takes a lot of like effort and dedication. That's really sexy, actually. You know? Yeah. And making it a positive thing as opposed to like, oh, that's like a weakness or that's weird. Because I've definitely like now I'm very more particular about the people I go out with, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think like some people are just straight up like, oh, you don't drink Never mind. We, we can't hang out. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh my it's gosh, part of yeah. my life. Or I've even had people, because I, ha- I have the podcast like out there. And so some people have listened to the podcast and being like, yeah, I don't want to <laughs> meet you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. Um, but I'm like, yeah, you know yeah. what? I'm actually glad when those things happen because it's like yeah. a screener. And I actually just, you know, save time and money not having to meet you. You know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, it just kind of brings you closer to who you're eventually meant to be with. Yeah, and it just makes me be, like, more confident in myself. And it's like, this is who I am. Yeah. Like, take it or leave yeah. it. And if you want to be with me, you got to, like, accept me for who I am. Because I'm very stubborn. I'm not going to change. <laughs> <laughs> I And, look, I think people who have these, like, standards of living in place for them, and they're they're not going to bend for anyone. It, it is, like, a sexy quality at the end of the day, so... I think, it, like, to your point, it's more, it's way more of a positive than it is a weakness. Yeah. No, I think so. And I think if somebody is coming to you and they're, like, proud of their recovery and their sobriety, that means it's definitely a positive because it means it's really important yeah. in their life. And, yeah. you know, and I yeah. think another good thing about people in recovery is that we're constantly working on ourselves. My mom has, mm-hmm. like, pointed out recently all these self-help books I read. And I'm like, yeah, because... <laughs> That's my life now. That's what like that's what being in recovery is like is like actively searching growth all the time, you know? And yeah. I think yeah. that makes us pretty cool people to be with. So what about you, Lacey? What? This question of like Oh, what do I prefer? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. not going to shut any doors except for people who have a problem with me or an active <laughs> addiction. But I do like people in recovery. I think for me, mm-hmm. men especially, it's easier to trust a man that's in recovery. And I, and I know that probably sounds like the opposite of how someone else would feel, that an addict is trustworthy. But I think <laughs> to me, uh, somebody who's worked on themselves and had struggle and had to look at themselves and had to go to therapy and, you know, 
have a daily routine that makes them accountable and makes them healthy, I think that makes for a potential great partner. So, and I'm not saying that somebody who hasn't, isn't in recovery, doesn't have those great qualities. It's just kind of comes with the territory. So, um, I don't know. That's, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. yeah. That does make sense. Yeah. And I also like that it gives you a commonality kind of immediately in a way, you know, that right. you understand each other. I think, you know, just as we're able to, Nick's never talked to you before, you know, like, and we can just shoot the shit in a way that you wouldn't <laughs> normally with somebody who hasn't been kind of like had yeah. a similar experience, you know? Absolutely. You, it's it sort of goes without saying it's like, we, we, we get each other. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. plus the good thing for you, Lacey, is that you don't do AA. So you don't have to worry about the shitting where you eat problem. You have like a whole <laughs> pool of people there. I know. You it's, do. It's tricky though. I've tried to go in and be like, share and say, you know, oh, you know, 12 steps, not my, my primary recovery. <laughs> No, no. Do they, is it not down with that them? No, I think it depends know, on the person. I also but. sometimes Absolutely. it depends on the meeting too. Yeah, because uh, right. when I share, obviously, I'm doing it to support my recovery. It's not to pick up people, but it's um. Who am I kidding? I give out my resume. No I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do have a good share, people are going to be like, who's that? Who is that lady? I know. Yeah, who's that hot babe? Yeah. <laughs> so oh, no, so I, funny. um, I, yeah, I think it's tricky because it, it's the kind of thing that you have to go enough to have a conversation, but you can't go so much that they're like, well, now you're in my home group and all that. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever tried the sober dating apps? I think there's only Have one, I, right? Which one is that? It's called Lucid. Lucid. Oh, yeah. yes. I, I know I've heard of it, but I have not I have not tried it. We go on and there's zero people, literally. They're like there's nobody out there. I Yeah, what? not in New Yeah. So I don't really? know. Really? And if it doesn't work here in New York, then it's we're, still like I mean, we're the center of the universe, so not, not right. I mean, no, but the no, but it, the, the guy who made it and everything here. is New York based. So is in New York. Yeah. Um, you know, in in theory, every, like everyone who's sober, I've talked about this with sober friends. It's like we we need a dating app for sober people, but yeah, nobody's ever successfully been able successfully to launch done one. It. I, know. I know. Yeah, it, it almost needs to be an offshoot. There need it needs mm. to be like Hinge or OK Cupid or Bumble or something, but it's like a certain. It y- could be you can like log on to the same app and have it as like a separate profile within the app or something it like that. It could be that. like the best day ever dating app. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, best ooh. date ever. Best date best, ever. Oh, wow. Best date ever. Oh, <laughs> look at you guys. You're my branding consultant. <laughs> <laughs> I actually a few years ago I worked at the mobile app grinder. Um, you did? You know, it's, it's loosely a dating app. <laughs> right. right. And they, they, so they, to your point of like trying to roll something out that's like the same but different, they yeah. tried rolling out like, um, like I guess like a heterosexual, like a like straight version of it. Oh, jeez. Um, and it, it did not work. Did not work. Yeah. Isn't that what like tr- Tinder was trying to be? Like kind of. <laughs> kind of, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, I it guess looked, so. It not anymore. For them. Yeah, I mean, not anymore, but I guess like hooking up. Is like, yeah, I, it was more of a hookup app, yeah. yeah what grinder? Well, Tinder was Grind- originally. Tinder originally was, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Why doesn't that people, work? Pe- people are still meeting on Tinder. I I know people who are on it, but yeah, I'm I'm not. 
Oh, for sure. Tinder's still huge. Yeah. Yeah. But why doesn't yeah. that work for heterosexual people? Because I would be totally down That's for that. A, yeah, no kidding, Nick. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all the, all the, well, so, see, here's the thing. All the guys loved it because it was sort of like, um, it was, it was like a cascade of people, but it tells you how close you are by a given amount of feet. Dangerous. So like this person's 25 feet away. It's a security I can see issue. how that's like so fucking creepy. Yeah. <laughs> that's dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't want that. Didn't it, work. Didn't yeah, work. just like yeah. hiking on a first date. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Doesn't work. <laughs> I guess, have you guys like ever gotten, like, have you ever had any like horrible dates that resulted in them like learning you were sober or like people trying to like trick you into drinking? I just had some, I, I mean, I've drank on dates. So yeah. that would, yeah. I think that would be horrible, you know, just. I think I've had some dates that have like in the past, like when I was just experimenting with this and, you know, I'd be like, I'm not going to tell them I don't drink. I'll tell them I don't drink when I get there. And then mm. they're like, what the fuck? You don't drink? You know, wow, what are you trying yeah. to do to me? Because then it becomes, maybe it's like a safety issue where they're like, are you trying to get me drunk and you're going to remain sober? You know? Mm. Oh, I, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Which I, I can get that. Either. And like, I also just think like sometimes it's just you want to be on the same level as somebody, For right? Sure. So if Always, someone's yeah. drinking, you all, almost kind of feel like you want to drink too to get to that level. Now I'm more comfortable with where I'm at that I can like transverse levels a little bit more easily and not yeah. need to drink. I can kind but, of like, I think it's mindfulness. If you can kind of like get into somebody else's space yeah. in a way and be very present, yeah. you can kind of enter the same. For sure, you know? yeah. But that was definitely the issues in the past. And then also just like not doing that. And then I'm like, okay, well, let's not go to bars. Let's do a coffee date. And that's, I don't know. The coffee date is fine. I think it's a fine date, but I've also. You're not going to kiss on a coffee date. Yeah, people, it's like a little (laughs) business-like. It is a little little business-like. Yeah, it feels like an interview. Yeah. 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 What about you, Alyssa? You have any war stories? So I I do I think it's good that you guys like let them know that you are, are sober before your date and you have it in your profiles because you know, something did happen in early recovery for me where I just let the, I think I told the person that like I wasn't drinking that night. Yeah. Um, and then I had gone to the restroom and I just said, I want a seltzer with lime. And he had got me like as a joke, um, a vodka soda, Hilarious. you know, and then I took a, you know, <laughs> so, um, and oh, I, shit. look, he was very apologetic after, but he's like, Oh, I thought you just like, it was a joke. And I was like, no, <sighs> like, but like, like, a hole and not like the person for me, but I, it's you're, you should be adamant about telling the people because you you never know like you can get yourself into a situation like that. Obviously, now I have like the tools. I'm equipped with like handling a situation like that where like maybe early in recovery I was not. Yeah. So um, it's more like a safety thing though. I think that was like a isolated incident though. But that tells you a lot about how that person would respect you for other things as well. You yeah. know, that's yeah. a pretty serious thing to say. Like I'm not drinking, you know, I think right. that's right. like if someone said, I'm vegan or vegetarian and is like, oh, I ordered you a steak. Ha ha. <laughs> Great. But also exactly. like somehow tricked you into or maybe ordered you a, like a real burger instead of a yeah. whatever. No. It's just right, like not burger. respecting your choices, which yeah. is yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's hard out there. It is. Yeah. Why, why do people got to be assholes like that? Why can't people just be yeah. chill and cool? I know. Why can't people be more like us? Is really the. (laughs) Um, All right. So, Alyssa, thank you. I'm just going to ask you again. So, where can we find you and all and best day ever? Who? Where should people follow along? So you can 
you can follow us on Instagram. It's at thebestday.ever. Mm-hmm. And we have a website, thebestdayeverfoundation.org. Um, but follow us on Instagram. We push out everything there. Cool. Great. Well, thanks for listening to our interview with Alyssa from Best Day Ever. It was really fun talking to her. I had a good time. I did. Totally. I feel like I could talk. All day. Yeah. Yeah. So if you like this episode and want to hear more episodes like this, you can check us out on the internet, SoberCompanyPodcast.com. Find all our episodes there on all the distribution channels, Apple Podcasts. Uh, Give us a subscribe. Give us a rating. Let us know what you think. Five stars. Yeah. (laughs) You can also follow us on Instagram, SoberCoPodcast, at SoberCoPodcast on Instagram. And... Until next time. Have a great week. Why can't I just date myself? (laughs) You can, I think. I do it all the time. I know. (laughs) No, but I'm saying clone myself and like a female. Oh, I see. That's weird. It is. All right. We'll edit that out. No, I like it. You have to keep it in. We're keeping it in for the blooper for sure. (laughs)